Boy, oh boy, how about those Marlins, baby? Emergency podcast territory. They spank the Dodgers 11-3. They end the Dodgers winning streak at 11. They put up 11 runs, just three runs against 11-3 Marlins. Emergency podcast territory. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day or potentially your last listen for the West Coasters. Those ones trying to tune in and work out what the hell happened in this game. I've got it all covered for you here. There is a YouTube channel, of course, guys. Head on over there. Hit subscribe. We are almost at the magic 1,000 subscriber number. We're like... 10 shy. If you're listening and you haven't subscribed, head on over to there, hit subscribe. Do it. Do it. It's important. At that point, 1,000 subscribers, I quit my job. That's it. The day job, I mean. Not locked on Marlins. That becomes the full-time, full-time gig. Nevertheless, guys, thanks for joining me on a sunny Saturday morning. And listen, it is a sunny morning indeed. The Marlins spanked the Dodgers 11-3. to This one got out of hand uh, in many, many ways. So this is going to be a fun, fun episode. But this episode is sponsored by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, guys. The rundown, if you are watching, you have the rundown to help you anyway. It just simply says, wow. Wow, baby. I mean, offensive explosion against Tony Gonsolin. Miguel Rojas ends up pitching the ninth. I'm not sure, based on all the history linked to Gonsolin, Sandy going as well, I'm not sure this one could have ended any better. Could there have been a, a, a better outcome than Sandy versus Gonsolin? Sandy getting the dub. Gonsolin fully blown up. Fully blown up. To an, like, And there's reasons why. I'm gonna, we're going to cover exactly why that is. Like, Traditionally, Gonsolin would have been saved way before this situation. But with changes in scheduling, Gonsolin, he was left out there. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that Gonsolin was like completely terrible, but boy, oh boy, the Marlins, the Marlins offense um was very impressive, but equally, so was their plate discipline. One of the most disciplined performances I've seen from a Marlins offense in a long, long time. So poor old Tony Gonsolin, absolutely blown up. His final line. Let's check the final line here for Gonsolin. For all the Dodgers fans tuning in, they'll be like, oh, my days. Three and a third, eight hits, 10 runs, all of them earned, four walks, two Ks, and five home runs for Tony Gonsolin. Do you remember? And everyone's thinking, why, why is Pete kind of laboring the point on Gonsolin? You know why. You know why I'm laboring the point. You remember back in the day when someone was saying, hey, Tony Gonsolin. He could win the sigh over, over Sandy Alcantara. It was nonsense then, and it remains nonsense now. The funny thing is, too, the Dodgers fans, few of them uh, replying to me on Twitter this morning, just saying, this has emphasized the point that Tony Gonsolin shouldn't be starting for the Dodgers. He can't be trusted into the postseason. 
So that just shows you how wild that year was for Gonsolin. Equally, as we knew back then, like the Dodgers were really protecting him. He was effectively, a, he's, he's a glorified long reliever, pretty much. And listen, yesterday he was absolutely destroyed. This lineup for the Marlins. So this wasn't this wasn't a an eleven run you know game. If there was an eleven run game earlier in the year, it would have looked and felt so different to this one. This Marlins offense now is so different. Jazz is back. Bell's in there. Soler Soler's leading off, um, which was very effective yesterday. And Jake Berger. This lineup is so different. And it can truly bang on any given day. You know, it isn't the Braves, because the Braves is pretty much one to nine can bang, I would say. Actually, hold on a minute. Maybe I'm doing a disservice. We had a Jacob Stallings two-run home run to dead center. Oh, my days. Imagine if Jacob Stallings can kind of suddenly transform into, like, Sean Murphy or something. Boy, oh, boy, then this Marlins offense is uber. Uber and Fuego. However, though, this, this is a different type of offense that we saw earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, you would have seen those, like how I described them, the paper cut innings where the hits just accumulate and the line keeps moving. That is not the situation here for this Marlins team. They, they aren't out there swinging out of their shoes looking for the home run at every single opportunity. No. Like I've already mentioned. This was one of the most disciplined, it felt like anyway, to the naked eye. The funny thing is, right, there's tons of stats out there now, but I don't know. I, I'm not, I haven't got the time this morning to really dig into that. But like to the naked eye, to the casual viewer like myself, this felt like a really disciplined performance from the Marlins hitters. It really did. And, and they were getting kind of squeezed early by the umpire too. He was definitely like that low in the zone, low outside the zone to the righties. He was he was calling that, and you know the Marlins they didn't they didn't flinch. Brant Brown, of course, knows the Dodgers well. He also and they were talking about this on the broadcast, preaching like stay in the zone, stay in the zone. That's what the Dodgers do so well, and this is what he's trying to layer into the Marlins as well. Stay in the zone. Don't swing outside the zone. There's nothing for you there. Nothing for you, pretty much. So unbelievable performance. Performance, and it, it was jump-started by Jorge Soler's second pitch of the game. Opposite field, laser from Soler, his 31st of the year. He then doubles down on that. Doubles down with a absolute mooner for his 32nd of the year. Boy, oh boy, Jorge Soler, what a game. I mean, imagine, let me just put this to you, imagine... Because the Marlins signed Avicel Garcia and Jorge Soler in the same offseason. Let's not forget that. Just imagine if those contracts were flipped on their head. Where actually Soler signed Avi's deal and Avi signed Soler's deal. I don't think Avi would be opting out, by the way, if that was uh, available. You know, if that, that was the contract structure. He wouldn't be opting out, I wouldn't say. Jorge Soler likely, obviously, well, no, not likely. He will be opting out of that deal itself. But just imagine, just imagine if they'd managed to get that, you know, the Avi deal done, 45 mil or whatever it was, um, you know, over multiple years. So 
it's, you know, coulda, woulda, shouldas or whatever it is on that front. But Soler is, he's having one hell of a career year at this point. I say, you know, career year. He's, he had an unbelievable one season in particular with the Royals. But, you know, this this is equally as, as impressive. And when he's hot, he's really hot. And since he's moved at the top of the order, it feels like he's got super hot as well. There was that little period where him and Arias both kind of went cold at the same time. They just kind of flipped it on its head, say, listen, what can we do? How can we make how can we make any changes here to get the, the offense jump started? How can we get Soler and Arias going again? Flip it around. Next thing is Soler's alive. Arias has come alive too. He's had multiple home runs recently uh, as well. Uh, Arias specifically, though, uh, you know, it hasn't been first half Arias. I, I get the sense that there has been a degree of like wear and tear on Arias. Like at times he's started to look a little bit tired, etc. But you know, I'm sure it'll come good. I'm sure it'll come good. So, Soler with the two bombs, you then get into a situation where Jake Berger then absolutely demolishes a three-run blast. That was after Jazz and Bell. Bell with a great walk, Jazz with a single. This is it. There's just no There's no respite here. You've got to go through Soler, Arias, Bell, Jazz, and then, then you've got Berger in the five spot. It's It's so balanced. Um, then you've got Dela Cruz and Sanchez below that, the guys that have been asked to do so much historically. Those guys hitting in six and seven is a perfect spot for them. No pressure. No pressure down there. And then you've got, of course, you know, the best power-hitting catcher in the game and Jacob Stallings in the eight-hole. Boy, oh boy, this Marlins offense, baby. But that burger bomb was stunning. Stunning blast, no doubter. Just absolutely demolished that one. Dead center. Amazing. I've been waxing lyrical about Jake Berger and his game since he's joined the Marlins. That home run was the type of stuff that I expected from Berger. That isn't a surprise. But the other parts of his game have been a really pleasant surprise. So that has been great to see. Um, let's let's talk about our good friends back over as well. At who is this at? It's Sleeper. Sleeper. So let's get the graphics pumped up for the sleeper boys. Yes, sir. Um, and if you want a chance to win more money with less picks, head to sleeper. It's the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. And listen, if you were if you were picking Marlins hitters last night and you were looking for them to hit home runs, then you probably cashed in, no doubt. If you had Soler hitting a home run against Gonsolin, for certain you were. Jazz. Burger, Stallings. Did anyone have Stallings picked for a home run? <laughs> well, uh, you can swing for the fences on Sleeper with up to 100 time payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big time. You use the promo code Locked On and you'll get up to 100 bucks match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me, Peter Pratt, on Saturday. It's the Saturday Emergency Podcast, guys. Um, the Marlins offense, I've just described it simply as, wow, five home runs in this game against the Dodgers. Five home runs against Tony Gonsolin. Boy, oh boy, Miguel Rojas impacting the game with his arm. Ends up pitching the ninth inning. 
How's Miggy Rowe feeling? I know it's only one game, but Miggy Rowe must have been dying inside. Dying inside, particularly when Jazz blasts that three-run bomb to emphasize the point, take him up to double digits. Jazz is doing all sorts around the bases. I do wonder, you know, poor old Miggy Rowe probably wanted just the ground to swallow him up at that point. But, you know, he wants to pitch, Miggy. He's always wanted to pitch, but I'm not sure he ever wanted to pitch against the Marlins in his first game against the Marlins since this trade went down. So, wild, wild scenes. There's some, you know, let's just briefly talk about Sandy, then want to get into the scheduling changes that happened uh, yesterday as well. Sandy gave up three home runs too. All three solo shots, Mookie Betts with a blast as well. Uh, I think Outman with a blast. And who else had a home run there for the Dodgers? I forget who the other one was. Muncie. Oh, yeah, Muncie destroyed that one too. So, listen, the ball was flying there in Dodger Stadium yesterday, no doubt. But for Sandy, a win on the road against the Dodgers, you know, quality start. Huge progress there for Sandy. What I did see earlier in the year, we saw this where Sandy wasn't quite on. He would be going up to the 100 mile an hour gas early in games. Saw a touch of that yesterday, particularly in the second half bat to Mookie Betts. He struck him out, struck him out. But Sandy was, he was digging for the, the, the big boy stuff early. Says to me, maybe he wasn't quite as on as he'd been in maybe his last couple of starts. But clearly the run support helps. Obviously, a ton of Dodgers changes happened once that kind of the, the, the game got out of hands. All of a sudden, you got three, four defensive replacements happening early in the game. Game's changed. So, you know, six innings for Sandy. I wouldn't describe it as overly vintage. Um, you know, particularly in that first inning, you're thinking, okay, the solo homer, then a couple of runners on base. You're thinking, oh man, here we go. Are the Dodgers going to kind of blast this one open? And the game looks completely different. Sandy got through it. The Marlins obviously gave him the, you know, the offense gave him the run support he needed. But for me, I think it's just one of those situations where you just, you take it and you move on. You take it and you move on. Quality start on the road against an 11 win streak team and club. Your voodoo uh, ballpark is, is, is results of not being good there on the road in Dodger Stadium at all. So feels like a big dub for Sandy there. All right, guys. So then we get the news before the game that there's going to be a doubleheader now, split doubleheader on the Saturday, which is now today for those watching uh, on Saturday, if it isn't still your Friday evening with a few tequilas or whatever it might be. But there's a, a hurricane coming in on Sunday. So they've they've ended up bringing forward Sunday game and plonking that in as a day game um, on, uh, on Saturday. What that means for the Marlins is uh, they have Yuri Perez going in game one. They have Braxton Garrett going in game two. And with that, that is a really intriguing situation here for the fish because double headers, as you know, you, you know, you have, you have to lean on your bullpen pretty heavily. You need to cover the innings. The problem here for the fish is that they've got Yuri Perez and Braxton Garrett, the two starters going, neither of which you would expect any serious amount of length from. I think most likely you would see four innings from Yuri Perez and you would see five innings from Braxton Garrett. So unless there's any extra innings, there's a decent chance that the Marlins bullpen across the two games has to cover nine innings in total. It's going to be a day for the long, the long men. They're going to have to use them wisely for sure. Not overly, 
I'm not certain on the status of Brian Hoeing, um, but, you know, it's going to be a big test. I, I'm not sure this really helps the Marlins, to be honest with you. I think this probably hinders them a touch. The Dodgers have uh, Luis Arias going. Um, Julio Arias. <laughs> not Luis Arias. Julio Urias, he's going, and then it's to be determined for game one against Yuri Perez. Again, the Dodgers, the only thing, though, is, is the fact that the Dodgers, you know, they left Gonsolin in there. It kind of goes back to Gonsolin, where Gonsolin was left out there probably longer than they wanted to, but they know they've got the doubleheader on deck. They know they're getting blown up in this game, and you've got to kind of just leave the sacrificial lamb and Tony Gonsolin out there at that point, just getting blown up. Um. The Dodgers had to do that. They had to. And then, obviously, Miguel Rojas covered one inning for them. Um, so, you know, they even though they were fully blown up, you know, it, they didn't have to get tons out of the pen. They covered, what, four four and two-thirds other than Miguel Rojas's. Um, so, you know, the pen has already been asked. Um, Alex Vesea, um covered an inning yesterday as, and two innings from Gonzalez. So, you know, there may be some roster moves happening for the Dodgers here. They get an, You get an extra man anyway, an extra guy um, for the doubleheader. So likely for the Marlins anyway, probably the Dodgers, it will be uh, a, probably a bulk reliever type dude that will be maybe added here to, to try to cover innings when if required. And I think they probably will be required. Um, again, uh, this definitely doesn't really help the fish in this matchup. Like it would have been maybe a different situation and give them an advantage if Sandy was going in one of the games, perhaps. And you can kind of maybe trust Sandy to get six or seven, really kind of stretch Sandy into it. But with Yuri Perez and Braxton Garrett, my expectation is there's going to be at least nine innings needed to be covered by the pen across these across these two games. That's a lot of innings, a lot of innings. Effectively, you've got two starters going and a, and a full-blown um, bullpen game as well. So we're going to expect to see plenty of hoeing, plenty of Soriano. We're going to expect to see everyone. Everyone is going to be out there. they got a day of rest. Even the guys that ended up pitching yesterday for the Marlins out of the pen, uh, which was O'Kurt, Lopez, uh, and Robertson as well. So we're going to expect to see all of them guys pitching, plus some bulk from the other guys. It's a big test. Big test for the Fish. But right now, you know, they had a 3-3 three and three homestand against the Yankees and Astros, you know, which is not a disaster by any stretch. The Yankees have absolutely tailspun since this as well. Um, but the Astros are a good club. The Marlins definitely... You know, I think left maybe a game on the table there after they'd won that first one. But three and three, they're then on the road. If the Marlins could squeak one of the two in the doubleheader, which typically happens, like usually one or the other you take would be huge. They'd end up taking a series here on the road against the Dodgers. And it's at a time where this wild card, this wild card race is really heating up, no doubt about it. The Giants, I always felt that they'd come back. I knew their kind of their schedule looked a bit tough. Not overly convinced about the Giants anyway. They're falling backwards at this point. They're uh, three and seven. They've lost the last two. Um, they're only half a game up um, right now. The Marlins and Reds both won yesterday. Both are tied, um, dead tied that for that um, third wildcard spot. But you have to look at, you know, the Cubs have kind of cooled off a touch. They lost to the Royals yesterday. They would have been disappointed losing to the Royals. Uh, the Phillies lost yesterday as well, losing to the Nats. So, on any given day, anyone could beat them. You can look at these schedules all you want and go, well, the Cubs against the Royals, uh, the, the Phillies against the Nats. You know, it's baseball. Things can happen. They do happen. You can't take anything for granted. And the Marlins going on the road in, in, in L.A., imagine if they take the series. Then that wouldn't have been what people were expecting. Then you're on to the Padres. 
Padres are four and six in their last 10. They haven't been able to kind of get momentum rolling. They're still five games back. They'll feel in the hunt, though, the Padres. They'll still feel it. But I'm not convinced that the Padres now, you know, it felt like they had an opportunity if they could piece it together. But reports of clubhouse issues and bits and pieces, like something's gone wrong in San Diego, it seems. But again, not taking anything for granted there. There's there's so many dangerous guys um, going. But, you know, this wildcard hunt, is bang live. The Giants are coming backwards. The Reds and Marlins came out of the break cold and have now started to heat it back up. The Cubs were scorching. They've cooled off. Um, the Diamondbacks as well, they've kind of started to pick things back up as well. So it's all there for the taking. It's all there. But the thing is right now, I look at these I look at these clubs and I look at this Marlins offense and I look at the fact they go to, on the road against a team that's won 11 straight and they put up 10 against their starter. They absolutely obliterate their starter. Five home runs in the game. This Marlins offense is, it looks like it can hang with anyone in, in a postseason series right now. Could the Marlins hang with the Brewers on the road in a wildcard series? Absolutely. Brewers just got swept by the Dodgers. Dodgers are sweeping everyone. But this offense, particularly if the plate discipline can stay. Imagine you've got the plate discipline and the home run power. It is a dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah, you know, and again, we've all been waxing about it since. What a deadline from Kim. What a deadline. Berger and Bell, huge additions. Can't forget as well, Jacob Stallings. I know I mentioned him once or twice, but boy, oh boy, a two-run blast from Stallings. I mean, the reaction from the players, the dugout was amazing. There was a really nice, a nice little moment there with Yuri Gurriel. Um, for certain, as uh, Stallings was coming through the dugout, kind of giving him, you know, the cold shoulder, and then they had a bit of fun. So vibes remain high. Jazz Chisholm Jr., you know, top step of the dugout, main cheerleader. Like, if the Marlins can just keep it rolling here, there's a real big opportunity to make this postseason. It's going to wrap us up for Saturday's episode, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me on a Saturday morning. Sorry to miss Friday evening's uh, pod. However... This one is probably more timely. The Marlins put up 10 against Gonsolin. They win 11-3. They snap an 11-game winning streak from the Dodgers. Miguel Rojas ends up pitching in the ninth in his first game against the Marlins since he was traded. I'm not sure there's been a more more perfect storyline with Gonsolin, Rojas, and the Marlins all weaved together in a single game. Nevertheless, Yuri Perez and Braxton Garrett looking to combine to either win the series or sweep the series today. We'll look forward to seeing how it goes, and I'll see you soon.